0: Welcome to the Resilience Breakthrough Podcast. This is
1: Christian Moore. And I'm Dave Biesinger. And with us today, we've got a very special guest. We have Akbar Cook. He's a principal of Westside High School in
0: Newark. You know, Dave, every once in a while, a principal comes along and kind of shakes things up in education, makes a huge difference. And um, this is a game changer. And this is why I'm so excited to, to talk to him. Um, you know, I'm always telling educators, man, if, if you're not pushing the envelope, um, and if few people aren't kind of upset with you, you're probably not advocating for kids at the level we need to advocate for. And, and he, this is one of my heroes who literally has gone the extra mile. So I'm excited to learn more about his journey.
1: Me too. And welcome to the show, uh, Principal Cook.
2: Thank you, guys. David, Chris, this is awesome, man. I appreciate your hospitality and let's let's have an exciting show.
1: Okay, let's do it. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us tell us about your background. Tell us about how you got into education. You know, for those, of, for those in the audience who don't know who you are, just let them know where you're coming from, man.
2: All right. I got to let me know when I'm getting long-winded. You know, I'm a principal, so we can get up there and go for days. But uh, I try to keep it short and sweet. Uh, uh, born and raised in the city of Newark, uh, New Jersey. Uh, single parent. Uh, really never knew my dad. Um, he was incarcerated. So I had to rely on my aunts, my grandmother, and just the other family members that we had. At growing up, my mom decided it was a great idea to put me in Catholic school. So uh, I was in Catholic school, and I played ball. I played ball a lot with my friends. I was getting tall, and actually, you know, was uh, kind of good. So you're what, like six five or something? Is that right? No, come on, Dave. I'm 6'7". You're 6'7"? Six, six, seven? Seven. You're 6'7". Six, six, seven. Seven. Wow, wow. Seven, you're two, massive, dude. Two I'm I'm looking like LeBron, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> on a good day. Yeah. But, hey, I think you could, yeah.
0: I think, you know, just seeing you, I think you could um, block Bron's shot. I just want to say that. Yeah. If you're on the court with that, because of your heart, that level of heart you have, you know, if he came in for a power dunk, my money is on you okay. swatting it.
1: Well, if LeBron is listening right now, <laughs> we're calling you out. <laughs>
2: I don't know if I swatted, but he might run into a wall and it's all this uh, weight I put on. But yeah, but I, appreciate <laughs> that, I remember around about 13, 14 years old, uh, my aunt, who was big in the Boys and Girls Club, my auntie, she said, I, I think I, I got a great job for you. And I became a camp, camp counselor at a life camp. And there was... I realized I was like the kid whisperer, like I could like I knew I could get the pulse of what the kids were thinking and and I could really articulate it. And, and, and I moved the agenda as a camp counselor.
1: Tell us about the kid whisperer thing. I want to hear more about that.
2: At the beginning, I was trying to be something I wasn't. I was trying to be a disciplinary. So I would have the kids like, let's line up and let's, you know, we'll wait. It's hot outside, right? Look, we'll wait until y'all figure it out. You know what I mean? And I was getting so much resistance. It wasn't the back and forth—it just was. The kids were being non-compliant, and I was like, "This is not how I want to be governed. This is not how I want to be led." So, camp really was my, like, you know, uh, my practice for for my future, uh, you know, endeavors in teaching. And when I really got into myself and I and I wanted to be, you know, the change, you know, I just started leading with love. And when I say by that, it's like long as my babies was walking in the direction that we were going, How, what, what does it matter if they're in a straight line? Mm, you know what I mean? So yeah. I started singing songs with them because I'm a music guy. So we started singing like in the jungle, the yeah. mighty jungle. Like we would be doing nice. all hype with stuff and everybody knew when my group was coming and I got the most out of them. And then I want to say we started winning all of our, uh, like anytime they paired against another group, we would blow them out. It It, it, it didn't Hurt that I was, you know, six, seven and running little kids over as well with my kids. But, you know, <laughs> need to let, <laughs> needless to say, we still were winning stuff. So that's how I I, I I think I became the Kid Whisperer because I stopped thinking like an adult and think and put myself in their shoes and how I would want to be led. And, 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 and it worked out for me, even I, to this day.
1: I love that. And kids, you know, they're, they like they view life as a game. And that's part of the magic of being a kid. You know, you're just curious. You know, everything is kind of magic and life is a bit more of a game. And so sometimes as adults, we come in with these hard rules and we want them to obey the rules and do the thing we want them to do. Whereas, you know, it sounds, you sound a little bit like the Pied Piper where, you know, you're using fun, you're using games, you're keeping it exciting and adventurous. And then the kids want to do, they want to follow you. They want to do what you're asking them to do. One of the
0: um, things I think is so powerful in your work is this is an outside observer and as a social worker that I've been so impressed with is your ability to prioritize um the needs of students you know you under, you have a great understanding of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and you know you know these kids are worried about eating and so what's happening in Washington DC is so far removed from the reality of them just surviving and making it you know talk about um where you learn to really prioritize those basic needs and and what role that's played in you turning schools around.
2: So great question. And the uh, the kids, everyone asks me, like, why are you come up with these ideas? I really don't. Chris and Dave, I, I don't. The kids do. They present me with a challenge and I have to find a way to remove the barrier. That's all it is. You know, we got the West Side. You know, my kids were dying. It was, they literally was being slaughtered. I sat back and had to watch my kids get picked off every summer and I refused to let it happen. So that's where the lights on program came from. It came from what is my, how am I going to move differently knowing that this is happening to my kids? So I'm a boys and girls club kid. I decided to create a boys and girls club in my building with better place. I used the human capital. I leveraged the human capital that was in my building and we created stations for them. The similar way I told you I did to the classroom and that's what lights on was. Just open up the building, feed them, give them safe passage in a place and see what happens. So after we put lights on in there, no deaths in, in, in my school since 2016, uh, in, in, in that area since we did that. Then then my kids are not eating. Oh, my God. Like, you're not eating? Okay. Guess what? It's taking you forever to get to school because you got to take your siblings to school and you got to walk in. You don't have any bus fare. Fine. Breakfast is unlimited until you come here. I, I got breakfast. You can always go up there and eat when you get here. That removes that barrier. Lunch, my school is free and reduced lunch. Uh, gave them a snack on the way out. Well, cook, we're not eating on the weekends, okay? Community food bank. I need family packs. Uh, I give a as a, a family pack is enough is, a, is enough food for a family of four. If you got eight, we'll give you a double. Oh, but cook, you're embarrassing us when you call us down to get the food. Oh, wow. Okay. Go to the mall. I riposte gap. Give me your bags. Any book bags I got left over, I was in there. Cook, that's still a band-aid, though. There's still kids trying to pick on us. And the same kids that are picking on us, parents call and ask for food, too. So I had to change the thinking or the mindset. I created a show called Chopped. Think of Chopped. West Side Chopped. Think of it. Uh, they take a box of unknown items and they make something out of it. Well, guess what? In my boxes, it could be uh, tuna fish ragu, mixed vegetables, and Cheerios. What in the world are my kids That's cooking cool. with that? We created a shop. We showed them these amazing things. Guess what? Now you highlighted the positive things you can do with it and also leverage that somebody in the community may need it so you no one never knows who what you're bringing at home for. Bam. Solved it. Now my kids are eating, right? And now we're feeding the, the community. So, again, another thing comes up. My kids are not coming to school. Why? Uh, one, they're being bullied because they are not have they don't have clean clothes. The laundry mat was organic, just like that. What ways can I, you know, leverage my partnerships to remove a barrier for my kids? Okay, gives me the laundry mat. You know, Ellen, Oprah. Now I started getting all the detergent coming in. Okay, America. Okay, all over the world. Enough with the detergent. I got enough. Can you give me feminine products? Can you give me deodorant, toothpaste, soap? And those things. So if a kid don't have any resources at home, they still can come to school and get those things and feel, you know, that confidence that they need to be successful. So, fellas, everything that we came up with, it was a problem that was in my kids were facing and I had to remove it. People wait for policies to change. I'm against that. I am the change. Again, getting back to my aunts, I will never be the weakest link for these kids. So I'm going to do everything in my power to remove those barriers. And that's just what we've been doing.
0: A male powerful male that has the ability to nurture is extremely life-changing for these kids and um I I know a lot of the journey you've been on you've been able to you know create an environment where kids feel safe they feel safe when they walk into a school or into a classroom maybe talk a little bit about um things you've done to kind of make that happen
2: so I want to I want to go back because it's I think it's a tie it all in right so so let me go back a little bit Chris so I get to I get to Florida Atlantic. I mess up again right now. Just because I'm in Boca and I just have I'm wilding right. <laughs> so so uh, I had to make another call to my aunt and said, listen, like it's it's, it's going bad. Like I'm like I'm on like I'm teetering on the uh, getting kicked out. You know what I mean? Or or, or going crossing the finish line. And she said, ah, right, come on, babe, Like I'm I'm rooting for you. I'm, I'm in your corner and all of that. And uh, I took an extra year to graduate. And during that time, fellas, uh, my aunt got sick and my auntie passed away. So if I was doing everything I needed to do, my auntie, who wanted this education thing for me uh, the most, uh, she could have came to my graduation and seen me go across it. So I felt I let her down. So so I ended up coming home um, and my other aunt, uh, Umi, we call her, Umi is uh, Islamic for mother. Umi... Uh, she worked at the Board of Education and she said, ah, sh- she's going to pick up where auntie left off. So she picked up the range. She got me an interview and I got hired, fellas, to be the big black guy. Right. I got hired to be a bouncer. Uh, I guess throw kids off the wall. Again, that drill sergeant thing that I told you as a camp counsel that I, I shunned away from. And I struggled my first couple years. And eventually uh, the school gave up on me. And I want you to think about me being a, a young black male in elementary education. We're unicorns. And for them to give up on me, man, it, it yeah. sent shockwaves through my system because I said, wow, like I, they really didn't see the value. So while this was happening, I went back to school because I had this administrator who was just a just an idiot. And I said, well, if he got a doggone degree, uh, they must be giving him out. So I went back to school. <laughs> and when I went back to school, I wanted to show my, my aunt. That, that I, I, I could be that student. And I, now this time I was summa cum laude, all A's. I graduated, you know, with my administrative uh, degree and I did it, you know, for her and I did it for him. I wanted him to know he can't talk me in kind of way because I got the same stuff he got. But then I just sat on it. So while this transition was happening, he moved me to another school. And the great thing, fellas, it was like eye opening because now they were there were so many men of color in this building. So now I got to see how they interacted and did. So I started to find myself at this building. But even while that was going on, this new administration was trying to get me out of here. And I'm like, listen, man, is is it my my attitude or something? Because I know I'm not the worst teacher in here. But I had to self-reflect, fellas. And I say, you know what? It's me. I'm the common denominator. This is two schools that are looking to get rid of me. So I want to say that was like my mid, yeah, 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 your yeah, yeah, mid, uh, your yeah, yeah, crisis or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I um, your I, I got into survival mode, and I became the teacher that I, I think everyone wanted me to be. And by the end of that school year, I was being taped by that same administrator, and they were showing videos of me teaching my class to other to other professionals. I love and uh,
1: I'm sorry, I'm sorry that you got typecast. I'm sorry that you got put in a box that first time around when they just took a look at how you looked. And they put you into a role that didn't suit you. They didn't understand that you you didn't have that toxic masculinity. You didn't want to be throwing kids up against the wall. Like, I'm sorry that you got typecast in that role just because of how you looked. And how, how many of us do? You know, how many of us end up getting typecast, right? Just because of how we look. Um, so I'm sorry that happened to you. Um, take us back to that moment where it flipped for you. And what was the difference? And what did you change?
2: So. I I took what I do best and it's a relationship with the kids and it's the innovation, right? So relationships and innovation I'm big with, right? And passion, which I'll talk about a little later, right? So what I did was how, how would I want to be taught and what preparation do I have to do to make it become a reality? So I started doing, I started doing cooperative groups, literally whatever subject I had. And one of them that was innovative for me was math. So math had us just like basically I do, you do. And then this is the group work. You know what I mean? Like it was just so generic. And I'm like, these kids need more. They want to get up. They want to move around. So I so I did my you know, my mini lesson, and then I and then I said all right, I got 36 minutes, I'm gonna do six switches. And one in one of the stations I had something fun. We had some computers in another one, we had some music, we had some paired reading. So when you start doing that with all the subjects, the kids look forward to moving. But the great thing about it, you can assess what each kid is and pair them correctly. So once I do my initial you know do now I get to see little Akbar on no math so I get to pair him with you know with, with Dave and then I got Chris so I would keep the kids that needed me the most they'll start with me and the kids that needed me less they'll end with me so I got a chance to just move them in intervals until they get to me and everybody got touched in a great way and it increased my scores and it increased the interaction. And, and, and like I said, the, the teachers had to film it. It just was, it just was awesome. I mean, I try to make it do it in the high school. It's kind of hard, but, but yeah, so that's what happened. So I use, I use, I dug deep and found what makes me me and I put it in lessons and, and that's when I started to shine. I love that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, one thing I think is so powerful about creating those state changes where those kids go to six different stations is in one of those stations, you know, they can shine. You no, know, if, if, we all have our different strengths and weaknesses and by, you know, just rotating them around, you put them in a position to thrive and, you know, that ties to some, you know, the power of some individual education and stuff, but that's some some beautiful work. I know from a past conversation I've had with you, you know, you have a um, high priority to um, help kids um, understand themselves, understand other people. You know, we, we live in a world right now akbar that's so divided that has so many different challenges um i know there's some things you're trying to do to to innovate to help um kids you know students come together and 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 understand each other um and i know music can play a role in that um you know understanding different people's um, ethnic heritages and cultures and all those type of things um speak to uh, maybe some unity stuff what you're doing to help create some unity
2: all right. So so far as the unity and just dealing with, you know, with the social injustice uh, that were going on. I, I try, uh, Chris and Dave, I try to uh, not make my kids the victim. Right. And I have to do this. And, and this is the coach in me talking like when, when I coach basketball, we uh, if if I have interactions with the, uh, the officials and the other team, I'm saying, oh, my God, we're being cheated. Oh, this is not fair. Oh, woe is me. My kids feed off that, so if I if I if I if I start to put that in the air, that takes on another shape with them. So I've seen it happen, and I usually don't do it. My like my coach, like I don't call fouls in practice. I don't. I'm telling them they're going to be cheated. What are you going to do? Life isn't fair. How are you going to you know persevere and sh- what grit and perseverance are you going to show me? So I don't do that to my own kids. So when all of this happened with 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 with, uh, with Floyd and Aubrey and all the things that was going on I didn't oh my god oh it's so messed up to be a black man and this I didn't do that because my kids was going to take on that same feeling and I didn't know how it was going to manifest I told them okay now what you're going to do about it like like I was not I wanted them to be victors and not victims so I didn't just harp on that part what I did was I showed them how to have relationships with the police. I have the best relationship with the police in my area, and I bring my police in and speak to my kids all the time, whether it's about, you just got your driver's license, let me show you what to do if you get pulled over. If this happens, like, you build those relationships so you don't have to face that, you know, that that adversity, and your kids know what they're going to do when that time comes up. So that whole time all of, all of that was going on, I was teaching my kids to be champions and to be victors, and this is what you're doing at. I couldn't they, they life is already impacted by the streets. I couldn't add another layer of dysfunction to them to have them just want to give up. So and, and and I say this without, you know, putting a uh, a dim light on anything that was out there. What my kids are going through every day, that doesn't impact them. Like, I, I want to say people voted for Obama and then we are awesome, awesome president. Right. What the governor impacts my kids and the mayor impacts what happens with my kid more so than that. So what was going on nationally, my kids are trying to figure out to eat. They can't figure out if a cop is going to or this is I'm just saying so. So I'm not I'm not insensitive. I'm just on the in the front line, boots on the ground with kids that don't have a meal, kids that may get hit by a straight bullet, kids that kind of navigate games, kids that are, you know, looking to figure out how they're going to provide for their families. That's what we're facing right now.
0: Man, I, just watching that from afar, you know, it just blew me out of the water. Um, it's been amazing to see, you know, how you use partnerships and resources to knock down doors for these students you know you put students in a position where they can thrive they can be resilient um talk a little bit about what gave you um you know the the motivation what, what made you fearless as far as advocating for children because sometimes you know the reality is you and me both know they don't have a voice but our voice to knock down these these doors for us and i love how you made sure they had dignity and respect when you're providing resources for them You know, you you were able to help them be, you know, continue to be who they are and to not feel um, put down by, you know, having these resources, you know, handed to them. And um, talk about um, what inspires you to um, to do the difficult thing, to do the hard thing, to to knock these doors down. So it's
2: it's 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 like this. Right. When you in the fight. You got to do whatever you got to do to win, right? Not saying cheating or anything of that nature, but again, probably my athletic background. I don't want to lose. The thing about it, fellas, if I lose, if I don't go undefeated, I can lose a kid's life. And I'm tired of, you know, the standard is graduation. What is graduation? What Really, what is that? Everybody talk about this diploma. That's wall art. That's all it is. You can't do anything with a diploma at this point. Nothing. Minimum wage is waiting on you. How are you getting your kids ready for the real world. And, and and to answer the question in more detail, my kids, again, I talked about being slaughtered by the streets. My kids are being slaughtered by life once they leave me. Everybody, I'm sending kids to school. I graduate 99% of my kids. They are graduating. But if they come in back home or or they're losing their job before Thanksgiving, what did I really do? I satisfied my quota? Is that what we're doing? This numbers crunch? That's not what I'm in it for. I'm really in it. To make sure that they're good. And the only way you can do that is keep figuring out ways to address them all. Everybody talk about college, fellas. College is for the nerds, and I can call them nerds because I'm a principal. What bigger nerd is that? Right? <laughs> Everything, oh, college this, college that. Oh, we doing the dual enrollment. That's for the nerds. What about a little Akbar in the back that struggled for 13 years? You think I'm gonna send him to Sally Mae, a Navion for him to owe half his life and, and increase his poverty? Amen. I'm not doing that. I gotta find a way to leverage what passion, he's passionate about and figure out how to light that fire so he can do that. Whether it's trades, whether it's going to the military, whether it's going right to the workforce because he can't wait on a Superman. He got to take care of his little brothers now because if he go to school, they're not going to eat. So how do I figure out ways to address them all where they are? Basically give them individual learning plans. And if you're really in it, you're going to look at everybody and not just the the nerds and, and graduation shouldn't be the finish line for nobody. It's not. It's not they should see the they should see their graduation and wanna power through that. You still got miles to go. That's nothing. That's the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And I tell my kids, you wanna be ordinary or extraordinary, but I gotta find ways to find out what's genius in them and pull it out of them. I mean I'm gonna have kids that's gonna knock and buck. They say, Oh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Well damn it, I'm giving them a straw. Like I'm not just giving up because that's the easy way out. I'm just not Amen. doing it. So I just been figuring out ways to, 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 leverage that.
0: Wow. That's awesome, man. That, that is beautiful, man. You taught me a powerful thing that the real opportunity is actually after they get that diploma, we're really preparing them for that moment after they graduate in the, in the moments that, that, you know, open up other doors after that. And man, I, I love how you're looking at a much, you know, broader view, a broader vision to, to help these students man that's that's incredible work you're doing um the you know when you have some of these resources to help students to to make a difference um how, how are you prioritizing um how um, resources are distributed i know that's a big debate in education right now it's a big debate in my profession of social work where people are like okay when resources are there it's, it still seems like sometimes, man, we still have barriers when, when even the resources there. Maybe talk about um, resource allocation and, and priority of that stuff.
2: So so getting back to, you know, what we talked about, again, a lot of things in schools and I hate this about this American education. It is it is 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 really intended for the kids at the front of the class. They tell teachers don't teach to the front of the room. Mm. Right. Like you're supposed to move around and and, and make sure you 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 know you you touch everyone, and uh, a lot of resources that we all see is just is just geared towards them, and the other kids are just left without. So I try to make sure first and foremost no one can get in front of my kids to come here and take pictures with the little black and brown kids unless you unless you're vested. When I mean vested, you can't come get a picture. Like I have to see you there multiple times before you even get to my kids. Like, I don't need, like, I, I can say that I'm at a point where I don't need everything that comes through the door, and at one point in time, I was taking any and everything. No, we, we are the wave, as the kids say. Like, I am the template for what a community school looks like, so I'm not just taking anything. So before that, you gotta show me you vested, and it's not just that. It's case in point, I have two cell phone towers, I'm not gonna say where they are, on top of my building right now. And it was before I got there, and I asked my district, I said, it's two cell phone towers on the top of my building, and I don't have good service inside my building. But more importantly, I get it. You guys are getting a fee because you're leasing your roof. But what are they doing for my kids downstairs? In lieu of what's going on in America, you don't think those two companies don't need to come downstairs and possibly do some training or do something like they can do more. I'm not talking about Mm -hmm. money. They can invest in my kids. Like, why is it cool to just take a check and not take all the other stuff? Like we get the bare minimum. Like money is not the cure be all. Come in, give me leverage. Your talent, you know what I mean. Leverage the other things. You put to give your time, your talent, and your treasures. Y'all getting the treasures, North Board of Education. Mm-hmm. But my kids need the talent, and we need to. Oh, I'm sorry that my phone is ringing, and I don't even have a phone. But I'm gonna talk over that while it's doing it. But again, leveraging those things that that they can do that has nothing to do with this. To with just money, right? I know you can come train my kids how to, if it's a cell phone company, how to how to uh, fix a screen, so they maybe can open up a small business where they can fix cracked cell phone screens, and so they'll go rich in my city because every kid I know got a cracked cell phone screen, and their parents, so mm-hmm. things of that nature. So just, just really. Just really not this not not taking anything. I don't need to. And, and again, other schools may not be in the, the situation that I'm in, where I don't have to oh beg and and, and 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 borrow to get the resources. Once you build it, they will come. There's no doubt about it. We are the new shiny toy on the block, and all corporate America wants to play with us. And long as they play fair and they do right by my kids, I, they can come on in.
0: Wow, that's a that that is a very unique situation in this country, but. I, w- 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 what I love about it is you um you went out, you accessed resources, and once those resources were there, it put you in a position to say, okay, now I'm gonna redistribute, I'm gonna distribute these resources in a way that helped these students thrive the most. And um, man, I wish everybody had those tools to work with. And I, I know a lot of educators listening to this are like, all right, well, how does that happen? How do you get outside, you know, resources outside, you know, in this world, we know, especially here in the US, uh, um, a small group of people control the vast majority of, of wealth and, and resources. And, you know, your ability to go out there and, and access those resources and gatekeep them a little bit in the best interest of children is, is, is unbelievable. It hits me is there's so many other opportunities to do this. What's your advice to educators in um, getting resources to students?
2: Well, I got to do a shameless plug, you know. Uh, I do have my own consulting firm, Cook Educational Solutions, so you can definitely hit me up on CookEducationalSolutions dot com. No, hold, said that
0: one more time. I didn't. I didn't quite hear it. Let me just say that. How, how do they get a hold of you? Really clear. They get,
2: they get in contact with me through my website, cookeducationalsolutions.com dot and we can, you know, we can do a needs analysis for your building and figure out ways how to leverage the stakeholders in your area to help you guys out. But that's just one. But yeah. if you know, just at a you know, if I could answer the question in a little bit more detail, um, I, I I went with my alumni. You got to figure. You know, I don't give. I don't care if it's a elementary school, middle school, or it's a high school. You got some powerful alumni that's around. If you just tap into it, I mean, we talk about. Make America great. Build back better. We talk about all these things, right? But people are sending. You know, these top court corporate companies are sending money overseas to help other countries eat and do all of this stuff. They want to help. You know, the 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 the, the schools and the and the, and the local you know towns, but they just need to know that. It's not a money grab and they really getting something out of it. You know what I mean? So when you build it and you show them like like I didn't ask for handouts at the beginning. I started to do it myself. And once you show everyone that you're doing it and you did it without them, they want to be a part of that. Like they want to get in, you know, not they don't want to build it up from the bottom. They want to come in when it's already moving. So you got to get your building moving. You got to do it yourself. Figure out ways to leverage up your, your 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 business, because if you're in a school, you're a business. My my budget by seven point five million. I'm the CEO of a seven point five million dollar company, and I move accordingly. So I'm telling any administrator, your budget, you're the CEO. You need to figure out how to stash some money here to the side, so you can figure out ways to get more bang for your buck. And that's just what I've been doing in every you know, stakeholder, I make sure I personally thank them. I do whatever I can if they need me over there. So it's not, so they know that it's not, no, uh, I'm ungrateful. No, no, no. I will go the extra mile to let you know I was not great. I am grateful and I will do everything in my power to make you proud of your investment. And that's how we've been doing it. So once you do that and the word gets out, then you get the Proctors and Gamble's to come in. You get the, you know, the the Rouse. You get these, you know, these big companies to come in and help, you know. And, and that's what's been what happening. The Capital Ones. So, so that's what we've been doing, uh, guys. And and it's just worked out for me. So again, to answer the question. Again, you have to leverage what you have and build with your alumni and your community. And once you build it, folks will feel comfortable coming in, knowing that they not their money is not being wasted.
1: That seems like a pretty major shift in mindset, um, you know, from a mindset of like scarcity to a mindset of abundance, where you really view what you have as a valuable resource instead of, you know, feeling desperate, like you have to do anything and everything, and hey, let's get two cell phone towers up in here. You know, t- talk to me about that shift in mindset.
2: And so, you know, people talk about uh, like budget, right? Oh, like, like think education, period. I don't care if it's Utah, Kentucky, Jersey, Florida, is always that principal saying, oh, if my budget was this, oh, if my budget was that. Listen, that's what you got. Your kids can't wait, especially that graduating class. So you're going to sit there and complain and cry. Oh, I don't have you have you have what you have. What are you going to do with it? You need to do less. You need to do more with less figure it out. It's ways to do it. It's like I'm tired of people being a victim. You are principal for God's sake. You all they have. You're the last resort. And like I said, with me being high school, I'm about to ship my class of 2021 into the world. I can't say, oh, if I just had this this year, they would be all right. Man, nobody wants to hear that. What are you doing right now? So I'm not the victim. Getting back to what I told you, I'm not going to be the victim. Whether I got all of this stuff coming in from all over the world or before I had it, we did life's on and Lights On cost some money, fellas. We did Lights On with my alumni. With well, my alumni. I say my community with my alumni. So it was like, you got to figure out a way to do it. Fundraise. Stop selling them doggone uh, uh, Krispy creams and the cheesecake. And yo, you, you make your own items. And you sell it for whole profit. Like, come on. You have a budget. What are you going to do with it? You got to get rid of five teachers this year. And I hate to say it like that. And you teach a class so you can get that bit of the salary and you put it back into your kids, you do it. You've seen that principal in South Carolina. He working at Walmart. God bless his soul. I wouldn't do it. I would go figure out another way to get some money. But that's what he did. That's what I'm talking about. Do what you can to bring in some revenue to do these amazing things that these kids
1: need. And it seems to me like there's maybe more flexibility than people realize in their budgets. Maybe there's things that are being wasted. Maybe there's, maybe there's just... Stuff that you could cut through. I mean, how much of that did you do?
2: Listen, <laughs> I have a saying called match my fly. Like, first and foremost, match my fly, you know, I think it came from, like, you talking about, oh, I'm, I'm dope the way I dress and this, and the third. I'm saying match my fly. Match my work ethic. Match my intensity, my passion, my love for what I do. If I don't have a staff around me that match my fly, they can't be with me. It just can't. I've shoveled crap in order to get stuff from my kids, no doubt about it. But if you got like-minded people like that around you at all times, you're gonna do more with less. And that's what we did. Like my life's on program, my people are not getting what they probably would get if they was doing something else, but they match my fly. So that's how we changed the world and got the world watching. You know what we do at that at that at that place. And because I got like-minded people, it's not a money grab. Everything can't be a money grab. At some point, you're going to need to get to the bag. And uh, and I know that being a parent and being, you know, just, you know, knowing I want to change my stars as well, but everything can't be about it. Again, I said talent, treasures, right? Talent, your treasures, and your time. So if you're giving me your time, you're matching my fly, we're going to get those results that we want. So, that that's just that's just how we move so match my fly put people like-minded people around you and you can do more with less beautiful
1: now you guys have a farm or something there on site in the building is that right
2: yeah so so this is the thing right i got a hundred thousand dollars from 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 uh from ellen right and you know it's like what do you do with that right well, what do you do and my thing is always how do I reinvest that into my building, into my kids? Easy. Oh, well, we could have went to Great Adventures, Six Flags. We could have went down like I could have easily just spent it, you know, just 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 in just not a not so smart way. But I held on to it for a while. I had to bail out my scenes that first year because a lot of them didn't have what they needed to graduate, meaning to have a great graduation. meaning they didn't have, you know, like tugs or, you know, stuff for prom and things like so I built a little bit out, but that money was, you know, it, it wasn't a lot. So what I did was I say, you know what? Just think about nutrition. Right. And a lot of the times, by the time we get like a big school district like me, by time we get all of the, you know, the, the food from wherever the nutrients are just going out of the the tomatoes, the the lettuce and all of that, because it's just been so processed and all of that stuff. So I'm like, you know, what? everybody talking organic. Let me figure out a way to go farm a table. So I just started, you know, uh, you know, looking at different ways in order to, you know, to be more uh a pill in my community. And I seen something in New York. It was the uh, in the South Bronx. They had their own hot sauce with their own uh, community garden. I was like, see, now we talking my language, creating a product because I'm a business and finance school that we can sell and manufacture. And I'm also can be taking any of the proceeds and reinvested into the school, but also creating farmers markets and giving you know, like we still give our food. I give our fresh produce to the community. So it just is a lot of the line, the the stars aligned. And, uh, I said, you know what, we're going to do a farm. Got with Emilio and Jersey kids and and urban agriculture cooperative. And we came up with this plan to do an urban farm. It's going to be called the Ellen DeGeneres, uh, urban farm. And we took Ellen's money. My district, you know, matched it. And, uh, Coming this spring, we uh we're we gonna have we're gonna have to open in the farm. We already we already made our uh, vegetable beds and we planted some trees. I even got trees from Venezuela, I got some apricot trees from Venezuela. We put that in the front. I'm gonna have an outdoor kitchen, I'm gonna have a hydroponic greenhouse, I'm gonna have an outdoor classroom, we're gonna have composting station. So it's gonna be state-of-the-art, probably nothing like any school has ever seen. I'm even gonna have a beehive because we're gonna have some honey. And I got my hot sauce, my chimichurri sauce. Yeah. So we we're he selling these sauces. I have three sauces already. I got three flavors already. We the Rough Riders. So it's called Rada Heat. I have chili. I have uh, poblano. And I've had jalapeno. The flavors are awesome, guys. I can't wait to ship it out to you guys. And and, oh, and the we'll thing about by. it, yeah, yeah. again, I know I'm all over the place. But this is to wrap. No, no, this no. one up, so, one part up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: No, go uh, well, what one follow-up question I have uh, and and just even an observation. it's It's really fascinating. you know, so many of these buildings that I've seen, especially in disadvantaged areas, like it's not a place you'd want to spend very much time in. And you putting this farm in and just bringing nature to your building, bringing a little piece of nature to your building could have a massive positive impact on the mental health of these kids. I mean, not to mention more nutrients in tomatoes. I eat really healthy because I know that my brain is a part of my body. You know, if my body's not functioning well, I'm not gonna be thinking well.
2: We talked about Maslow at the beginning of this uh, the podcast and we got away from a lot of things. Like, I don't know if you guys know, they don't even teach cursive in schools anymore. And this demon is so irrelevant. Like they don't even do cursive. My kids, you would be like, I right, sign this, and they they writing in print. Yep, like yep. things like that. Home economics is out. The kids don't know how to cook. They can't put a button on. They can't hem a pants. They can't do laundry. You know what I mean? They it's, it's all these things. So I'm going back. I'm going back to my my roots, and I'm putting, and, and so I'm creating a curriculum just for home economics. So you know I have the laundry room, so we're going to teach the kids how to wash. I have this amazing boutique room that we converted in with all of the sewing, and I have like 25 sewing machines. I'm going to teach the kids that part. I have a kitchen now that, shout out to Rouse, and I got some other investors to help me with that. We're creating a kitchen, and it's not just like a commercial-grade kitchen. It's going to be seven stations in there that look similar to the kids' home. I'm going to, I got Chef Lex, Chef Lex is the uh, private chef to Carmelo and Lala Anthony, but she also was the only black woman in the NBA bubble that was cooking up for the players. So she is, she is training my kids how to be private chefs and caterers. Wow. And, you know, my vision is one day to get them a food truck and it in front of my board of education and make them buy all the food and my kids get the proceeds. Right. So, Amen. and then you got the farm, right. This is, and so, so now you have those four elements and I got another fifth one. That's probably going to talk about a little bit about finance. Right. But you add those five quadrants to my home economics in a freshman year, and I expose them to all of these things, and I think I can get a better better person. You know I'm talking about? Life ready? I think that class will get them life ready. And then, you know, since I'm a business school, I got a guy who runs, he ran an organic farm for, since 2006. He's going to teach the agribusiness you know, portion of it. I have a farmer that really runs the farm. Like you in order for this to you know to work, you need a farmer to tend to it day and night and uh it's putting all these things in place. I mean and I don't know if you guys seen my video. I want my school to mirror a mall, right? First and foremost. When you come in, I just told you those things that I have. I have Dame Dash Studios and not just teaching the uh music part, but teaching behind the scenes, whether it's the it's the uh, you know, the uh the, not the A and R but the um you know the uh, audio engineering whether it's the writing whether it's the producing not just in front of it so that's so that's a place right i got a bank in my building capital one bank i got this boutique i just told you about where the kids get to make their own clothes and sell it little knickknack shop i'm putting a bodega i'm really putting like a store in there that the kids can buy knick knickknacks and they need a sandwich or need something like that we're trying to partner with shop right to get that off the ground right i, I told you about the laundry mat i have my own print shop 403 print I have my own cosme- uh, cosmetology coming, and we got our own line of cosmetology products with R&R, Cosmetics. Uh, um, I told you about the farm. I got the kitchen, you know. So all of these things are coming, and now we have our own umbrella system. We call it Westside Capital with our own CEO that runs it, and have kids doing it. And now we got our own website, Westside Ave, where we have we have custom jewelry that we're selling. Chloe and Isabel, we're selling. We have uh, our hot sauce on there. My book, Focus on the Love, will be sold on there, right? We got new flavors from Mikey Likes It. We partner with Mikey Likes It. It's a, uh, he's a, um, is a, 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 a professional young entrepreneur in New York City that makes ice cream. Uh, he's featured in Oprah's Magazine gave us our three flavors we got mint condition you know everything is green at west side we got mint condition we got the incredible hawk and we got this new pistachio flavor that's coming out and again all of that's direct to consumer but the great thing about it fellas i'm creating job opportunities for my kids my kids get 20 percent off every sale i don't need any money and the rest goes back to the school and they keep buying those products but now my kid don't have to run out to go work at a uh, macy's or whatever because they can do that right in school i'm also paying my kids to go to school so my kids are in my uh associate's degree program for business administration we pay them and if they're doing any dual enrollment classes to that so i'm figuring out ways to to to, to not to to not have to have a kid leverage whether they're going to go to school or have to take care of their family i'm letting them take care of their family by going to school and also putting some money in their pocket so that's what we've been doing
0: what i love about what you're doing is you know a couple things you're, you're doing a whole child approach in social work that where you know you're looking at impacting the child you know from you know what dave was mentioning from a mental health standpoint from a social and emotional standpoint to their you know basic needs that whole child approach is so powerful but what, what what's really interesting that you're doing is you're really preparing them to live in america i say this all-time and speech, I've been talking about this for 20 years across this country, is we live in a capitalistic society. And capitalism is dog eat dog. If, you know, you don't have the best message, the best um, products, the best tools, I mean, as high as, you know, 80% of businesses we know will go out of business within a couple of years. And what I love about what you're doing, looking at the economics of things, and is you're really preparing kids for the reality and the rawness of capitalism you know i love capitalism i'd go to war and die for capitalism but we do know there's a percentage of kids and families and we're seeing this all the time we have over right now 50 i just saw 50 million families are worried about where their food's going to come from over a you know one week period 50 million you know individuals in this great country and um and uh, you know the great education education if education is to prepare us to be able to thrive, you know what you're doing, Akbar is is I would call it I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm create something right now. It's called reality education, reality based education. What's the What's the reality to thrive in this world? And you know I know you know I grew up as a street kid. You understand the world the streets and what I see. What you're doing. I have a friend in Chicago. Those probably have heard of some of my other podcasts. Doctor, you know Early King who's doing work in. Inner city Chicago, he's trying to prepare kids for the reality of what they face when they walk out that door, and that's what I see you doing. And so I'll just plant the seed on on reality based education and a whole child approach. But you're kind of, you know, you're bringing the reality of capitalism with that whole child approach. Maybe speak to that a little bit more. Why you're so passionate about that?
2: Thanks for that, Chris. I mean, you know. I'm tired of losing, man. I'm tired of losing. And I don't, you know, with us being adaptive leaders, like, what what am I doing wrong? And I and I, and I want anyone to think that's listening to the podcast that I have all the answers. I don't. I still have kids that uh, think I'm full of shit, excuse my French, and that, you know, they're going to do it their way. It's, it's, you're just not going to get everybody. But it's more about, you know, creating a trend and do that muscle memory, that repetition that they know this is the standard here, and hopefully I can change a generation. I know it's not going to happen, you know, overnight, but just laying that groundwork. And, and we talked about this. My, my vision for my school, my vision is to, from the moment they enter my doors until they gainfully employed, making a living wage, we're going to be with them, setting up ways for them to succeed. So if I'm talking living wage, see, now we're not talking diploma no more. That's the problem. Everybody, diploma. I'm talking living wage. Now, however they get there, that's, you know, that's on them, but I'm going to show them what it looks like. Like, this generation, fellas, are, one, is fearless, right? It's just the most fearless generation I have ever seen. And how dare we project our brokenness on them? Oh, I don't know if you should do that. Bump that. Be what you want to be, do what you want to do. But let me give you the resources for you to make an informed decision. Do we do that? No. We, like, I get back to what I said, we coddle them. Right. Oh, you can be whatever you can be. No, you can't. No, you can't. Oh, I go to my gym right now. How many kids want to uh, play an NBA? The whole not play. How many people think they're going to play an NBA? The whole gym will light up. Oh, I'm going. No, you're not. You're five 2 you can't jump and you can't dribble. You're going to do something else. It won't be playing on the court like they love that raunchy in your face music education, that reality based education you're talking about you're to be in your face. Listen, here's the playbook you want to be a doctor the scores are uh right now you're going to, have to figure that out but this is what happens to a doctor they go to school eight years this is what the bill is going to look like when you're done this is your grade point average you pulled to have now do you think you can do that um uh, well maybe you need to be a personal trainer all right so it needs to be just like that right now we're just saying oh i, I watched the food network right and they say the the, the, the restaurants that fell are the restaurants that have a million things on the menu. There's no way for you to know what that person is going to think about when they come in here. You need to go with 10 of your best items, five to 10, and figure it out. Education needs to be the same way. Think of college. I go to college, what is a communications degree? What is that? What am I going to get with that? Get that off the menu. All the things that are just money grabs for these institutions that we send our kids to, that they're not going to get nothing out of it, it should be off the menu. And we should give it to them that way. So I'm trying to do that at my school. Give them the playbook for post-secondary success so they can make an informed decision. If little Akbar, Dave, and Chris still decide to go the opposite route, well, listen, baby, I did what I can do, but I will still be around with you until you get that living wage. But I can't, again, I, I don't gave you everything I got, but I'm thinking the education Especially in colleges, is a money grab at this point. As you think about it, you will give this kid one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, but won't give him a loan for a car. Like, I don't understand that. Wow. It's because, and then the institutions. I and mean, I don't want to get all political. They keep going up in prices. Like what has changed? You're not paying for paper no more. Everything's digital. So why are colleges' prices going up? Why? What are y'all doing? Where y'all need all of this money? So again. We need to figure out a way to show these babies right now before they leave us how to make an informed decision. If you need to go to a a community college because it's half of what you'll be or not even more. It's probably a third of what you got to pay for another one. Do that. Get your two year there. And then you can go to the state school. You get all the state funding that you can. Like it need to be like that. So the kids can make informed decisions. It's not like that, fellas, right now. We just Mm -hmm. throwing all this stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. And it's terrible.
1: Yeah. And the, and the institutions are making their own decisions for their own self-interest. They're clearly not prioritizing the best interest of the students that come through their doors. It's that is, I mean, I mean, you were, you were talking about that being political. I don't think there's any controversy around that. Like these, these institutions have massive endowments. They have massive amounts of money, but yet, as you said, tuition goes up every year and is the value of a degree going up at the same rate. I would say, I mean, this is going to be controversial. Maybe you'll ask me to cut it. I don't know. I would say it's going down. I would say in the world we live in today, we live in an entrepreneur's world. We live in a world where nobody cares about that piece of paper that is stapled to the wall. What people care about is what you can do. And that's becoming more and more true. I mean, Google's hiring engineers right now who have no degree, who can say, I can code. We'll prove it. You sit down, you write some code, you got a job. I don't care where you went to school. I don't care how you learned how to do what you do, and that is reality-based education right there. Show me what you can do. Don't tell me what some people taught you. Yeah, I'm with it. You
2: you you hit it right on the nose, and I'm I'm, I'm great friends with Google, and absolutely like like some of the best people that we know didn't go to school. Like like even my guy Tesla. He said I never went to Harvard, but people that worked for me did. Yeah, yeah. That, that's it right there in a nutshell. That's it. Like. It, it, whatever. Most, most people work for a C student.
0: You know, it's interesting, um, Akbar, you know, I was a D student and I have, um, and I, I'm saying this in the most humble sense in any cockpit, but over the years, you know, I've had as high as, you know, 20, 25 people working for me. And, you know, w- what gave me that opportunity was, and I, t- t- I say this all the time, you have to specialize in something. You have to have something that you know a tremendous amount about and then you know that the world wants it, and, and sometimes we don't teach kids the reality right. again of, of, of capitalism, of of being an entrepreneur, and that's the um, you know, that's really what keeps the U.S. economy thriving. And I love what you're doing to um, open up the reality of these doors for kids to be able to have something past a high school diploma. And I, you really taught me something so powerful, and you know, I've spent you know 20 years. You know, really, just you know, I've one of the you know top dropout you know behavioral programs in the country. I spent 20 years just making sure kids have access to a you know high school diploma, GED. And I'll tell you, I'm gonna make a promise to you right now, Akbar. I'm gonna be talking a lot more about the livable wage and the opportunity on the back end of of that diploma because I think it's just it's a human thing to have that blind spot where we just focus in on you know one area you know just get, get him, you know getting them this um, diploma is, is so important but at the end of the day it's not the X factor the X factor is can you can
1: convert it into a livable wage you mentioned this earlier Akbar I thought I thought it was really interesting and there's a there's a math equation you can run on a college degree okay so if you want to if you want to say hey let's focus on this livable wage right okay well if I have a hundred thousand dollars in student debt, the amount of money i've got to make to have that livable wage just went up by a whole lot. So that thing better that $100,000 better be worth a whole lot in terms of my monthly income, right? So why are we strapping these students down with loads of debt for like you said, degrees that are they're going to do what with? I mean, they're just postponing when they're entering the workforce for 4 years.
2: It's like the biggest sham, man. And I know I'm the principal, I'm the leader of you know, uh, educational institution. And it's like I I, when I went to school, fellas, I took all my classes in education. But I told you I started off bad in two different institutions. So I didn't have the 275 I needed to get the education degree. So I went to the registrar, not the registrars, but I went to my guidance department and said, what degree can I just get out of here with? They said arts and humanities, right? So I did the arts and humanities and I came back and I did what is called the uh, Alternate route to teaching. I had to go back to school and get that. But you know, again, a degree is what, like, like so. So, and I say that to say, when I came home, I still was temping. I was temping, making eleven dollars an hour, doing someone's filing. I had a college degree, and you know, this story is is probably is millions of these stories around here. You get the degree and think, wow, like it's going to be like like a snap of the fingers, like Thanos. You automatically going to be working? That's not the case. You got to go out there and figure out what you got lined up. Everything is based off relationships. If you don't have a relationship with whatever, uh, you know, place you're trying to to, 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 uh, to get in or whatever profession you want to, you know, do, then you you putting yourself in a, in a bond. And like you just said, Dave, that debt is going to follow you. I just happen to play ball. So I have no debt for real until I when I got my master's. So I was fortunate, but not like some of these other people. I, I read something about, say, the doctors. The doctors have... Hundred maybe four to $500,000 worth of debt, then you get to be a doctor, right? And now you want to live the lifestyle because you got to prove to your friends that you're a doctor. So you know you got all this debt. You got to buy the big house and the car. And these guys are working all these crazy hours trying to just, like you said, make a living wage, trying to keep up with the Joneses. So it's just like, you don't have to do that, man. I just think it's, we talk about working smarter, not harder. If you're working smarter, I, I don't know if, if, I know college is, is in the end all be off everyone man just think about the trades right while akbar cook was in college for 5 years uh dave was went to electrician school dave had to do the one year pretty much doing that and then he made his four years of money to now where he's making upwards of God knows what, while I still was in schools so and I come home and Dave been out of school and Dave got everything. He's living the American dream. And now I'm starting fresh from scratch. Like, it's like, please don't knock it. And when people laugh at my kids as a community college, do don't knock it. You just paid 60,000. They paid 7,000 and got an associate degree. And now at look the at end. it versus yours. So it's just so many ways. Like we talk about this, you know, reality approach. That's got to be part of the discussion, man. You got to let them know what it looks like at the end, and let them make the informed decision. Because right now we're not telling them that, and then they just like, oh, nobody told me this. Or tell them up front and then let them make that decision. I love that. I love that.
1: Yeah, hey, I know we're we're pretty much out of time here. So is there anything else? Any final message you have for the audience? So so
2: I had a meme that I saw the other day, right? And I, I know it's probably more urban isk than anything but it said uh food for thought it said if you can run a game you can run a company Mm. if you can write a rap you can write a book if you can film a street fight you can shoot a movie don't just take over the block take over the world stop selling yourself short so you know i talked about time talent and treasures a lot in here uh i'll leave you with a you know with an african proverb i usually end some of my discussions with it said a candle doesn't lose its flame by lighting other candles. So please keep lighting other candles.
1: I love that. Oh man, hey, Akbar, beautiful. you've you've lit us up today, man. This has been an incredible discussion. Very enlightening. Thank you so much for spending time with us.
2: Man, this 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 what I've been going through these last three years, man, has been nothing short of amazing and it shows you the power of love and what you can do if you just put your, your all into it, man. So again, I can't leave without another shameless plug. You know, I got my book is coming out in the next month or so. We trying to, you know, wait till we get back into school so I can celebrate with my kids. But my book that's coming out is called focus on the love. It's a transformative approach to organizational leadership. Uh, I'm hoping it we run up the numbers and get love spread across all around the world. So so thank you guys for this opportunity, man. I can't I really appreciate
1: it. Hey, thank you, Aqua. You're the best, man. Thanks for spending time with us. Hey, thank you, my friend.